0: very very carefully hey it's me again eat him up enjoy hello and welcome this week we are discussing the green knight directed by david lowry and starring dev patel but before we get into that let's introduce ourselves and answer the question what ip would you love to see dev patel be a part of
1: i am santa homsteads i live in nashville tennessee and i have two kind of basic answers um Of course, the first thing that popped into my mind is something in the Jane Austen universe. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I want to see Dev Patel play a Jane Austen romantic interest. Um, He doesn't seem to me much to be a Darcy. He seems to be more to be a Bingley, you know, (laughs) Um, but I'll take what I can get. Right. But then related, I thought, you know, like, of course, that seems so like give That's such a given that we would want to see him do a Jane Austen movie. Um, and it made me think like, what do I really want to see Deb Patel in? And what I really want Deb Patel in, even though this is below his pay grade, so not necessarily this specific <laughs> IP, right? Yeah. But I really want to see him do certain, like let's, Deb Patel is one of the hottest working actors. And by hottest, I don't mean like his career is on fire. <laughs> I mean like he's physically an attractive person like, I wanna yeah. see Dev Patel get sexy and Bridgerton the Bridgerton universe is something that he would thrive in, even <laughs> though I admit it is below his pay grade. Wow.
0: I I'm with you there. One of the things that we talked about is just Dev Patel is so so British that like it's hard to picture him outside of a british ip situation and with all the work he's done with um well like the green knight and the personal history of david copperfield and just he just feels so ingrained in british culture that that's that's kind of where i'm leaning as well um for me it's sherlock holmes i would love to see him do some kind of fun sherlock holmes um not like enola holmes but in that vein where it's, it's kind of quippy and kind of, kind of fun. Um, and he can play hot Sherlock like, uh, like Henry Cavill. Yeah. Do you so. <laughs> think
1: that he's a Sherlock or do you think that he's a Watson?
0: I think he could also be a Watson. I think he could do either one. I'm not saying one, he couldn't do Sherlock
1: of, by any means. Uh, Dev Patel is incredibly talented.
0: Yeah. But he can do anything I, he if, wants.
1: <laughs> if I'm, if I'm casting, I,
0: I would, l- I, I would love Watson, to see him as a yeah. Watson. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, you know, I even yeah. see him before, I, I, we've also haven't really seen Dev Patel take a villain route and that a menacing Dev Patel. Well,
0: you obviously did not see The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh,
1: no, I haven't. <laughs> you know, I read an interview recently with him where he talked about how he's turned down lots of blockbuster franchises after doing Last Airbender, that that spooked him from. He didn't say that he has turned down Marvel, yeah. but like that was kind of implied that like he hasn't. He the closest yeah. he's come was he auditioned for new Star Wars stuff, um, but yeah, but anything oh, else? Oh, Interesting,
0: but, man. Yeah. I didn't even think yeah, about him in the Star Wars universe <laughs> down
1: because he like has been spooked by his last Airbender no. experience. Um, yeah, then that, that um, makes sense. Yeah, no, I did not. I never did see that one.
0: Yeah. Well, well, this is not a podcast, even though we would like it to be, about Dev Patel. Um, (laughs) We will be talking about um, his newest movie, The Green Knight, in a second. But every week we like to talk about something we've either discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So, Sandra, what exactly are you feeling this week?
1: Okay, so I am feeling a new app called Rough Take. Um, Ooh, an app. Yeah, I love when I can bring an app to the table. Yeah, it is early days for this app. So, I, I also love to be on the ground floor. So, no pro. So, it's, you know, it's a little rough in rough stages right now. So, you got to kind of give it that, right? But here's what I want to describe Rough Take as Rough Take is like um, a blend of letterboxed, TikTok, and Tinder all rolled into one. Um, now, my dream version of that app is where you use your movie interests to date um, other people. This is not that. So I don't want to get anyone too excited because that <laughs> app does still need to be made. Um, what Rough Take does is um, it has the review features and the and the watch list features of like a letterboxd. It has the video um, interactive features of like a TikTok in which instead of leaving... Short written reviews, like Letterboxd allows you to it, – it asks its users to, to record small video reviews of themselves. Selfie, just you talking about how you felt about a film or a movie or a TV show. Um, the, those are all really kind of fun and exciting, but, you know, as you're using it, you're kind of like, well, Letterboxd does these better. You know what I mean? This is a new app. Why would I mm-hmm. stop using Letterboxd when I could – why would I use this when I have Letterboxd? What really makes Rough Takes special is the Tinder-like feature, where if you are in the in, in the mood to find a specific type of movie, um, you can select whether you want to watch a TV show or a movie, what streaming service you want to watch it on, what genre, what, what t- decade, maybe an actor name, or more importantly, a keyword. And then this app will present movies that match that criteria and you swipe left or right on them on whether you're interested, um, just like on Tinder. So if it's a movie that you've already seen or you're not interested in watching, you swipe left. If it's a movie that seems appealing to you, you could swipe right. And then at the end of going through all those movies, they say, like, here are all the movies you swiped right on. They've been added to your watch list. Um, and you get you get to choose what you want to watch tonight. Um, so this is really, really handy in those for those nights when you're like, I know I want to watch a movie that's kind of like this, right? But I I, I don't know mm-hmm. what that movie is. And how often have we gone to a streaming service and just started scrolling around trying to pick a movie to watch for that night? And you're just scrolling through a list of what's available. There's nothing really catered. Maybe you can pick a genre, but that's still very broad, right? Um, I love the ability that this app yeah. is giving us to um, search for something specific and still generate movies that we may have, uh, may have forgotten about or never heard of. Um, I want to maybe do a live demo of this. I don't know if, if you feel like that would be – Um, so Lucas, I was wondering, maybe you could give me like some, a keyword or an era or an actor or something that you would want to search for specifically. And I can tell you what kind of movies pop up in that search.
0: Okay. Um, I would like to search for, um, let me do an actor. I'm going to do Lizzie Kaplan.
1: Okay. Lizzie Kaplan.
0: So so, it's just going to take a bunch of random things that I put in well, there. So right? the
1: more things you add, the more you limit your search. Obviously, right? So if you did Lizzie yeah. Kaplan movies two thousand tens, that will narrow it down the the era. If you did a if you added a genre to that, that narrows it down further. If you add a keyword to that, um, that'll narrow it down. Or if it's too specific of a keyword, there might not be a movie that matches with Lizzie Kaplan. You know, for I want to give you an example of one that I did. I did the other day. Um, yeah. romance movies and then the keyword was Texas. So romance movies that specifically feature oh, Texas yeah. in some way. And that was a really cool thing of like, oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't even think about how this movie incorporates Texas, or you know, I've never heard of this movie. You know, that kind of thing. I
0: like that. Are there Lizzie Kaplan romance movies?
1: I'm sure there are. Let's try it. Let's <laughs> see here. Okay, romance movies, Lizzie Kaplan. Um, so the first thing that pulls up is Allied. The Brad Pitt, um, Marion Cotillard movie. Oh, interesting. Swipe left or right on that, Lucas?
0: I'll swipe right. Wait, which is which? Hang on. Oh, right is good. Right is good. I'll swipe right.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. Next up, Bachelorette, the comedy starring Kirsten Dunst and Lizzie Kaplan and um, Isla Fisher. I'll swipe right. Okay. Next is My Best Friend's Girl, starring Dane Cook and Kate Hudson. (laughs) Hard left. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, next, oh, a particular favorite movie of mine, Save the Date, starring Lizzie Caland oh and Alison Briggs. I forgot
0: about that. Oh man. Swipe Mark right
1: Weber. Yeah, swipe right on that one for sure. Um here's a movie I've never heard of from two thousand seven called Crashing.
0: Mm, don't know what left. it's
1: about? Don't yeah. Don't know who stars in it. Okay, <laughs> and that's the end of our search. So you ended up with like three. Movies that matched your criteria that you could like choose from to watch tonight. One of the reasons why this is exciting for me, this is helpful for me in my own movie watching, but I'm also the friend that people come Mm -hmm. to when they're like, Hey, I'm in the mood to watch this kind of movie. Like, do you have any recommendations? Right. Um, so it'll be really helpful on those times when I'm drawing a blank. Um, but I do just want to take this moment to brag because I recently had a friend text me, um, an incredibly specific like criteria for what she was in the mood for, and I nailed it. And I screenshotted this text because I'll, I'll never be this proud as like when I nailed this recommendation. <laughs> so my friend, my dear friend Lizzie, texted me and she said, "What's a rainy, sort of dreamy movie I could watch while baking? Maybe '90s, partially set in England." Partially set in wow. England really made me laugh. Um in its specificity. Yeah. <laughs> um what, the thing that we landed on was the secret garden. Um yeah. And oh, so nice, if nice. but if I had this app, I could type in like 90s England or 90s rainy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's a really cool thing. Like I said, it's early days for this app. Um, I discovered it because the creator of the app was talking about it on his TikTok. Um, and there's a, the one downside to this app is that there are a lot of really obnoxious ads that pop up. Um, but it's a feature and it a, and a, and has a, a, a ability that I don't have anywhere else. So I'm excited for its potential.
0: Yeah, you'll have to keep me in the loop on that. I'm very interested to see where this goes. As someone who is basically not using yeah. social media at all, <laughs> um I will probably not be posting video reviews on something Would like you this. Download but it I'm it very just curious. to have
1: the like movie generation feature?
0: Possibly. I'm I'm never someone who's just like, what do I want to watch today? Okay. Um I always have something that's like on my list. I need to watch this. Let's put it on. And so i'm curious how other people will will use it and i definitely want to be kept in the loop on it though
1: yeah i'm i'm really interested in like the ability i am the kind of person that's like i'm really in the mood for this specific thing and i'm really interested in how it could um introduce me to older films that i had never heard of you know um when i was doing that romance texas search um I found this film directed by Ethan Hawke called The Hottest State starring um Mark Webber um and Laura Linney and Ethan Hawke and I was like how have I never heard about this movie and it's set in Texas <laughs> and it and I love Ethan Hawke and I really enjoy him as a director um and so yeah I'm super intrigued by this already um so I'm excited for those potential that potential What are you awesome. feeling this week
0: Um this week, I am feeling um, well. I guess an author, but I did just finish a book, so I'll I will talk broadly. Um, <laughs> Friedrich Backman is a Swedish author um, who's known for books like A Man Called Ove and Anxious People. And I think I've talked about Anxious People on here before, but I just got finished reading Us Against You, which is his follow-up to his book called Bear Town. Both of those books um, kind of follow a small town hockey community um, as they deal with a lot of small town life and, um, how much hockey means to, and sports mean to small towns, um, and kind of the, the politics Mm. around sports and community and everything like that. So it is a broad story covering the scope of this entire town. There's so many characters in, in both of these books. Um,
1: it sounds but very basically, Friday Night Lights-esque.
0: Very, very Friday Night Lights-esque. Okay. Um, this is set in Sweden, and so right. it's, it's a very Swedish book, but it's it has so many, I think, u- universal concepts around the small-town mentality. <laughs> um and it gets it gets into some very, I think, interesting points about being a kid growing up in that town, because it's it's a lot of it is about teenagers um, who are on the hockey team who are not interested in hockey, who are um, close to members who are family members of coaches. And it's just a very broad kind of swatch of this town um, that you get to know throughout these books. And I think one of the things that it, it does is that I think he does in a lot of his books that is really, really interesting is how he depicts the relationships between each of these people. Um, and then how those relationships change as they Mm. get to know other people. (laughs) And so, um, I think, I think that the the biggest takeaway that I got out out of both of these books is just that people are complicated and humanity is, uh, awful and yet amazing at the same time and um i think there are i think it gets into some really interesting um dynamics around people in power and um and class and race and gender and sexuality um there are people in these books who are great and you love them the whole time. And they have like one thing mm. about them that isn't great. And you can see how that, that one bad thing about them <laughs> affects different people and how some people never notice this thing about them and how some, some, for some people, that's the only thing that they notice about them. And it just really, I think gets into the reality of humanity in these books. And I absolutely loved both of them. Um, he is, Frederick Bachman is someone who I think really gets character really well and so all of his books have very fleshed out characters but this is the the only series that he has and it's two books long at the moment I think he's writing follow ups to it but I really loved him. Um, trigger warning, there is some of the one of the books does center around mm. um, a rape that happens and kind of how the town reacts to that. So um, if that is not your cup of tea, <laughs> I would would steer away from it. But I think it it handles it really well. And I think it, it, sh- it shows really honestly, what that does to a community and what that does to a family and what that, that does to the people involved. Um, and I th- just really beautiful books.
1: They sound really exciting and compelling. Could you tell me again what the names of the two books are, so that
0: yeah, the f- yeah, the first book is called Bear Town, um, and the second book is called okay. Us Against You. And it, and even if you're not a hockey person, yeah, which I'm not, I know like nothing a, about hockey.
1: <laughs> like a part one and a part two, or is it like kind of a sequel that focuses on different characters? No, or they how are. Does that, how do they connect to each other?
0: They're they're very connected, um, and because the books f- have so many characters um it, it it feels like a true sequel even though it focuses on some of the other characters okay. i think more in the second book um i i think there's but the the first book is a standalone book that i'd yeah. say each book is a standalone book so they feel um Like a true ending, it doesn't feel like a series, but it's just continuing more stories with these characters in the second book.
1: I've got to say, Lucas, this is me making an admission. Oftentimes, you bring up books on this podcast a lot, and (laughs) I don't read as much as I should. I'm not saying I don't read, but like I just I I watch (laughs) movies and TV way more than I read. And oftentimes, when you bring up a book, I'm like, "Oh, Lucas is so well read," but I'm never gonna read that book. Like it's usually a murder (laughs) like related, and I'm like. Or like a grizzled yeah, detective, it's noir, true. you know. And I'm like, I'm never gonna read that book. Yeah. But okay, you know, like good for Lucas, which I'm sure you feel about so many of my recommendations as well. So like, it's fine. Oh, for
0: sure, all your reality course. TV. I'm like, this is yeah. this sounds oh, great. I'm I absolutely never gonna up watch reality it.
1: This week <laughs> called F Boy Island. Let me just sneak that in there. Yeah. Everyone should be watching F Boy Island. I have it's heard so of it. Great. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that these sound. So up my alley. I, as much as I'm not a sports person, I do love sports stories and, like, the way sports affect yeah. families and communities. And um, these books sound really, really great. And I think yeah. I will probably check them out.
0: I really do think you would love them. Anybody who has yeah. lived in a small yeah. town anywhere uh, yeah. <laughs> I think will really, really relate to books I mean, like this. small town so.
1: stories, I mean, that I'm also, like, I'm obsessed with. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and just the messiness that all of that entails. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I'm really excited about these. Thank you for bringing them up.
0: Yeah, no problem. And I would recommend all of Friedrich Bachmann's books, okay. um, but I would definitely Got start it. with these. All right. Um, it is time for our section called In or Out, the part of the show where we talk about new movie trailers and whether we are in or out on them.
1: So what's it going to be? Consider carefully. Are you?
0: So first up, we have the long-anticipated movie, House of Gucci, starring Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. Is this a movie that you were excited about before
1: the trailer came out? absolutely. I was excited about this movie the (laughs) first moment we all saw that picture of them in the the white turtlenecks on Twitter. Right. (laughs) Um, As soon as set photos came out of them in those, like, 80s, 90s costumes... And it was Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. I was like, I don't even need a trailer for this movie. I am in the theater day one. Yeah.
0: So this is a Ridley Scott movie, which I am. I mean, for me, Ridley Scott is hit or miss, but I'm always sure. I'm always interested in what he's putting out. So, um, but this is the story of the Gucci family, and it spans three decades of kind of their you know rise and fall and everything that it's involved in all of that. Um, and it's
1: particularly about this character that Lady Gaga is playing who marries into this family and causes a lot of drama. And it's about her and her husband particularly.
0: Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, as I said, it stars Adam driver and Lady Gaga, in addition to Al Pacino, Selma Hayek and Jared Leto. So and
1: Jeremy Irons, I think then, also is in this.
0: Oh, you're right. Jeremy Irons is in it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, um yeah, I'm a hundred percent in on this movie. Um, again, Ridley Scott, for me, is all over the place. You texted me a screenshot, I think, Did I? <laughs> Ridley oh, yes, Scott. This.
1: So it's – it's. I, I texted you because I saw this on Twitter. Ridley Scott is 83 years old. But if you go to his IMDb page and you look at upcoming <laughs> projects, he has, I think, 15 projects that he's supposed to be the director of that are upcoming and 83 projects in development that he's producing. And he's, <laughs> or 82, maybe. It was something like that. Um, he is he is eighty three years extremely old. Extremely high number. <laughs> and the the, the future is looking long, according to his IMDb. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, this man is a machine. He turned around. Um, uh, what 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 movie was that where he replaced Kevin Spacey with?
1: Um, oh, all the money in the world. All the
0: money in the world. Yeah, he turned that around within like a couple months of just like, all right, we're recasting, reshooting, like all of that. He's just. He's knocking out of the park. I don't know how good they are, but it's, well, I'm he, impressed with his work ethic.
1: What I will say about this House of Gucci trailer, I think it looks like a great trailer, a movie that I'm excited to see. It does. But what it made me realize is that, like, I don't need this movie to be good. Like, that's not what I'm coming to this movie for. That is true. I'm coming to this movie yeah. for clothes. Probably number one is clothes. <laughs> Number yeah. two is, yeah. like, I love Adam Driver and Lady Gaga, and so I'm just going to see what they do, um, m- particularly Lady Gaga in a leading role after a star is born that is not, like, her playing yeah. a version of herself, right? Yeah. This is her playing, like, a campy figure, which – I and, yeah, and that leads me to number three. I'm here for the camp. I'm here for the soap opera, the drama. um, All that entails the accents, the clothes, I'm here for it all. I'm not here for, like, (laughs) cinema. That's not what I need from House of Gucci.
0: Right. Oh, for sure. So it sounds like we're fully in on House of Gucci, and it wouldn't have mattered what the trailer looked like.
1: (laughs) Do you know how many times, Lucas, alone in my house, I have said father, son, and House of Gucci from the end of that trailer? I mean, just alone (laughs) to myself. Father, son, and House of Gucci is truly become my new mantra. (laughs) um i'm excited for this movie
0: um next up we have king richard which is the will smith driven um story of uh the father of serena and venus williams and kind of how he became their coach um this is something that was talked about a lot uh when he was cast and i was excited to see the first trailer of it in this trailer he is dynamic he is i think gunning for that Oscar. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think one of the things I'm worried about with this movie is with, with someone like Will Smith, who's always um, so I think gregarious and fun. Um, are they going to show like the darker sides of the story and kind of the, the negative aspects mm-hmm. of this man <laughs> um, to the extent that it, that it, that it feels real and not feels like um, you know, Will Smith wanted to to play someone, you know, powerful. Yeah,
1: and cool. I'm very curious about that as well because, like, you're right. There's two different ways this movie could go, and one could be like the Disney inspirational sports movie, right? About, um, like, yeah, these two young black girls who are from Compton, and you know, who are <coughs> have, people don't expect anything out of them, and they're discriminated against, and then they defeat the odds, right? And it's a, like a lovely exciting inspirational sports movie which you know what i ha- there is a place for those in my heart right like those are you know yeah i've i've watched plenty of those and and loved plenty of those um or you could tell a story that really delves into um the good and the bad of having a father figure like this Character, You know, like this, like a person who, as he says in the trailer, which is like a real life detail, wrote a 78 page plan for his daughters before they were born. You know, Um, like that's that's an intense like something that I want to dive into the psychology behind that person. Right. (laughs) Like who does that (laughs) and what are the what is the dark side of that? Um, I think that that's a much more compelling and interesting story. But I'm honest, but this trailer I think is Agreed. so good, and I'm gonna be happy, I think, with either version of that story. Um, just because I think yeah. the Williams sisters are have a compelling narrative whether it's, like, you know, nitty and gritty or not. Um, yeah, and Will Smith is Will Smith. I, like, yeah. similar, like, I want to see a Will Smith, I want to see Will right. Smith movies. Like, I want more Will Smith in my life. He's never fails to entertain and make and make compelling like movies. So like, I am so here for this. I'm also just really excited for like, we we mentioned this earlier. I love sports movies. I don't think we get enough sports movies to be honest. And just having a, like a big sports movie on the horizon is exciting. I think both this and house of Gucci has me really excited to go back to, to the nineties and nineties fashion. Um, uh, yeah i'm really in on king richard
0: i'm also in on un- king richard i think i will qualify that with <laughs> by saying this i do think something that should be taken into account when you're making a trailer is you want to set the expectation for what kind of movie this is going to be and i don't feel like this does it. i do feel like it it kind of takes that middle line between the two types of movies that you were talking right. about so it could go either way i wish i'd gotten to know exactly what kind of movie they were making out of this out of this trailer just to set my expectations but i think i will be more disappointed mm-hmm. if it is a more disnified disneyified movie um I, I don't think that's on them i think that i think that is on me i think they should make the movie that they want to make and if my expectations are different that's on me but I think I'm leaning – I want – I really want more of the the gritty well, <laughs> movie.
1: Yeah, here. I mean it will be interesting to find out what this movie is rated, right? Because I feel like that will say a lot. Um, yeah. Because – That's um, true. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton. I, I'm not a big tennis person, so I can't say I know a ton about the Williams sisters and their history. But I do remember reading um, in a book that kind of touched on some of um, Serena's upbringing – and one thing that stood out to me just about how, like, of a intense, like, coaching figure, like, her father was, was I know that, I, I remember an anecdote was that when they were young, during some of, like, during practices, he would yell racial slurs at them to, like, prepare them for that happening to them by, like, in the real world at, mm-hmm. like, games. And um I just remember being like, wow, that's, like, a very specific anecdote right that of of like to to kind of give you an idea of what a level of intensity he had as a coach um and that is something that you're like well is that going to be in the movie like is that going to how is that going to affect the box office how is that going to affect the ratings are those kind of um details going to be included um i'm very i'm yeah i'm curious beyond curious definitely yeah yeah
0: We shall see, but it sounds like we're both in on King Richard.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Definitely in on King Richard. In fact, when is King Richard coming out? I'm like...
0: Um, The release date for it right now says November 19th.
1: Got it. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Delta variant, here we come. Oh, God. (laughs) All right. You ready to talk Green Knight? I am. Okay. In this amazing break that we got between um, variants of the COVID-19 virus, we we got a limited, I think, section of movies that are in theaters this summer. And I'm so happy that we finally got The Green Knight. Yes. Um, the, The Green Knight is the latest film released by A24. Um, it was scheduled to premiere at South by Southwest in March of 2020 however, due to obvious circumstances uh the festival was cancelled, and uh the film was kind of put on ice so David Lowry in the meantime ended up spending six months re-editing and reworking the film um which was released this last weekend so i i 'll we'll, we'll talk about this mostly in spoilers, but I did get to see the film in February of 2020 um what would have been the South by Southwest cut of this. And so I, I definitely want to talk about both versions of it. Um, and, um, kind of what, (laughs) what, what that has done to the movie and kind of the, I I honestly think it's been, it's been good for the movie because I think it has built up a lot of steam over this, over that amount of time and people have kind of got really excited for it. Um, so this, uh, gross, I think a $6 million box office opening weekend, which is really, really good and over expectations for a a small film like this. So before we talk about the movie itself, I would love to hear what was your expectation for this movie and what is your history with uh, the story of the Green Knight and um,
1: Arthurian Arthurian legend stuff. Yeah. So I do just want to – before I get into that, I want to say that I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because I think that this is a really unique – Opportunity for us, right, to um, discuss a movie and our reaction to it and then also have the perspective of what an earlier cut would have been like um, and how that has, like, changed and um, developed over this time period. And we rarely get, you know, as just, like, kind of regular people who don't usually get to go to early screenings of movies before they're released uh, or or see early cuts – this is something that's like pretty rare for us. I'm really excited about that in particular, um, and yeah. I I also just want to yeah. say that like I we're going to talk about our reactions to the Green Knight. I don't have a ton to say about this movie, and uh, I, my my reactions are pretty simple is is what I would say. And so like talking about how it's developed is something that I'm really really excited about. That being said, my Going into this movie, um, I would never, I would not call myself like any kind of Arthurian scholar or mega fan, but I've always like whenever I have come across works, um, dealing with the legend of King Arthur, I've always been like drawn to them. I, 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 I love myths. I love fairy tales, and um, King Arthur is a very fairy tale-esque, right? There's magic, and there's knights, and there's um, mm-hmm. honor. And so I, I do like that genre of storytelling, even though I wouldn't say I know a lot of it. Um, before I went and saw the movie, you asked me if I had read the poem that was The Green Knight was based on, and I said that I hadn't, and I asked, should I? And you were like, no, go into it fresh. And so I didn't read it, um, And I, but when I was watching the movie, I realized, like, oh, a lot of this is familiar to me. Like, even though... I don't think I've sat down and read the poem. Parts of these stories I have heard before and I do remember in some capacity. Um, So even though I wasn't distinctly familiar with the story, um, I definitely have come across it without realizing it, you know, times before. Um, And then I would just say that going into this movie, I was really excited particularly for this adaptation We've talked earlier in this episode about how we both love Dev Patel so much. Um, so Dev Patel starring in anything, I'm excited. But Dev Patel in like playing a knight in an Arthurian fairy tale is something that like you know I, I what you wouldn't have to show me a trailer for. I just go to the theater. Um, <laughs> but yeah. the trailer we we got two trailers for this movie. We got a teaser a year ago. That had me really intrigued. And then we got a full trailer leading up to the release of this film. Um, And I went and watched those trailers um, after seeing the film. And I also want us to talk – I'm putting a pin on this so that we can remember to talk about it later. Um, But the differences between those two trailers um, and maybe how that relates to the differences between the early cut and the final cut – um but both trailers had me incredibly excited for this movie
0: yeah for me i i love knights i think i think king arthur stuff is just really interesting it's a unique time period that Um, like the, the, just the medieval culture and everything I think is very interesting and very unique. And I don't think it's something that has been, um, done full justice yet on, on the cinematic stage. Um, I want more. Because most movies
1: take these Arthurian legends and just turn them into like lame action films, right?
0: Yeah. You either do that or you completely change it, um, Mm. and animate it really. I mean, a Disney version of like medieval culture I think is... Probably even if it's not actually animated or Disney, right. <laughs> that's kind of the Got vibe it. that that you either take. Um, yeah, um, it's either an action movie or it's Disney. Um, and so yeah, I think I think something that actually like leans into the fairy tale aspect of it um, in this kind of storytelling way, I think is the thing that I was most excited about for the Green Knight. Um, and obviously Dev Dev Patel, um, and David Lowry. I'm a a very big fan of David Lowry and, and his movies. Um, they don't, they're not, they're never like my favorite movies. (laughs) Um, but I just really love kind of what he does with storytelling and his direction style, I think is very interesting. So I'm always very excited to see the, the things that he does. Have you seen, I'm, I'm looking at his filmography, Ain't Them Body Saints, A Ghost Story, pete's dragon and the old man with the gun have you seen any of those
1: i haven't and i feel like the reason i've, I've avoided is mostly because of casey affleck right right <laughs> yeah he works with casey affleck a lot um yeah so that's that's part of the reason i've avoided those movies um and but i i've heard good things about pete's dragon and i feel like that's a movie i would want to check out um i know david lowry mostly as the spouse of a filmmaker that i really am excited about um what is her name? Augustine Frizzell, uh, who made um, Never Going Back, this teen girl comedy that I found, like, to be genius a couple of years ago. Um, so the fact that, I, you know, whenever I see, like, a cool, like, married filmmaker couple, I'm always going to, like, put a pin there and be like, oh, I'm going to keep an eye on both of you.
0: Well, cool. Um, so let's get into it. I would love to hear your thoughts on... <laughs> Your non-spoilery thoughts on The Green Knight.
1: Yeah. So I went in super excited. And I just want to kind of set the scene. I went in in the middle of a hot Saturday. Like in the afternoon. And it was like a crazy, crazy hot day. Um, and it was just an incredible experience that I am very grateful for. What I would say about The Green Knight is that visually it was Everything I wanted. I was swept away by it. I was. It was the perfect movie to like be in a theater in the middle of the day on a weekend and just like forget about the world and really just like envelop yourself in a totally new world and let yourself be focused on one particular thing. I love that experience and. This is a movie that I never was distracted or thinking about my own life when I was watching it. I got to watch it and just be fully submersed, right? Um, I mm-hmm. loved the tone and the visuals in this film. I think, like, his DP and his visual eye is something that I-, I want so much more of. I can see myself watching this movie again just so that I can, like, really enjoy all of these visuals again. I, there are certain performances in this movie that I'm not going to bring up yet that I thought really stole the show. I found this movie to be, like, dreamy in all the ways that I love movies to be. Ultimately, the story itself didn't move me in any significant way. I didn't find myself emotionally invested in this story. And I don't find Mm -hmm. myself wanting to return to it because of the way it, um made me think or feel. But as a visual, like transportive experience, I loved this movie. So it's a very specific thing that I'm feeling that it's not like, this isn't a movie I would recommend to everyone. And that I think like, Oh wow. Top of my list because of the way I, I, it made me feel, but I was so grateful for that experience. And so moved by like the sensory experience of this film that I think it's still great, even though it doesn't do for me what most movies do for me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I 100% understand that. Yeah. I I, I kind of feel sim- similarly, as I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think I, I probably liked the story itself better mm-hmm. than you did. But I think one of the things that I think Arthurian Tales do is there's just a lot of things that happen along the way like it's like i'm going out on a quest this is my end goal and then a bunch of these things happen Mm -hmm. along the way (laughs) and um a lot of times those things are kind of disconnected and don't really like lead up to something and i think that's something that's just like very typical and that that's something that this movie has um which is very different from the storytelling that happens now (laughs) And so I do think that aspect of it, of you're going along and stuff is happening that doesn't lead to any greater, um, you know, thing, um, which feels a little jarring. I think there's a lot of. Points that you're like, so they will explain this, or this will come up in some way that will make you know more sense or connect to the grander story, and they just don't in this movie. Um, Which I don't think bothered me too much, but it is something that um, that pinged me a little bit. I wish they, I, I feel like there are ways that you could tie those in, Um, and a lot of the you know things that happen along the way of this movie aren't part of the actual tale (laughs) um which which is i i think what what is baffling to me if you if you'd kept exactly the same pieces along the way and said like these are the things that happen in the story but if you're you're kind of pulling in other gaelic and arthurian tales to be part of this um i would like them to connect Mm -hmm. a little bit more um overall it didn't bother me too much i think some of the um some of the, the the scenes at the end of the movie really got me. And I think that's what connected with mm-hmm. me the most. Um, and we can talk about yeah. that in spoilers. But I think in general, this idea of Dev Patel playing a character who really, really wants to be a heroic mm-hmm. figure. <laughs> and that's like, that's what he wants most. Um, and not really understanding how that happens to a person um, throughout this story. Is is interesting to me, and I think that's a, that's a really cool um, thing to explore. Especially getting to see that all play out on Dev Patel's mm-hmm. face, who great had, face, I great face, great actor. Um, I love him specifically in this movie. And like you said, the visuals are just absolutely breathtaking, completely beautiful. Um, the first cut of this movie I saw, the visual effects were not anywhere close mm-hmm. to being done. So it is fantastic yeah. to see the the final the final visuals cuz it looks it looks truly beautiful.
1: And something I want to clarify about my reaction to this movie is that it's not even really a critique. You know what I mean? I'm not even mad at this movie. Yeah. It just does something different for me than what I expected or what most movies kind of do for me. My response is different but not necessarily bad. Um and this movie really like you mentioned, you know, it, for me it feels more like a character study than it is a story um and mm-hmm. that there's a place for that right um it just doesn't those kind of character studies don't typically um make me as emotional as you know a, a well crafted story does right um with with a plot and an arc and um yeah. and so this yeah it does feel like oh i'm getting to know this character and i'm walking along this journey with him but there's not uh yeah there's not an inciting incident there's not a, a a easy resolution it's really just kind of looking at these small stories and the and these big ideas at the same time and there there's a place yeah. for that and i love that I'm i'm grateful that movies like this exist and i'm so grateful for that experience um and it's something that i want other people to take part in but it is not a movie that i think everyone will love or that i will like put on over and over again right
0: i agree and i i also think it's slow it's a very slow movie and um methodical and i think that is something that won't necessarily resonate with everybody especially if they came in to see a um you know, an Arthurian action yeah. movie.
1: <laughs> it's also, so, um, I yeah. maybe, go for I'm, it. I'm trying to remember this is actually the case, but in my memory, it's it's kind of quiet from, like, a dialogue perspective. Like, there's yes. not a lot of dialogue in this film. Um, and I, yeah. personally, I love dialogue. I love, like, people talking. <laughs> and so, whenever a movie chooses to, um, withhold in that area, um, to me, it has to do a lot of, Extra work to like really grab yeah me.
0: definitely I think also that I think because it is a certain style of speech when you have right. this you know the the you know the kind of talking that they're doing I think it's it's all done really well, but I think definitely cutting back on it I think helps the flow of the story a little bit more as opposed to trying to keep up with um dialogue that could be harder to understand yeah. um but, yeah, which I, d- I did really I, like I want to
1: mention something. So one thing I've been thinking about lately is um, when I'm at home, and we've spent a lot of time at home recently, At most of our viewing experiences have yeah. been at home. <laughs> um, when I'm at home, I watch almost everything with subtitles nowadays. Um, every mm-hmm. movie, every TV show, I keep subtitles on. And I've gone pretty, like, used to them. And so being in a movie theater and not having subtitles available and specifically with a movie like this, where there are some thicker accents and it's a style of speech that is unfamiliar to us. um, There was a there was one scene in particular where I was like, damn, I could really use some subtitles right now. Like, I don't know what is going on (laughs) or what is exactly being said here. And um, that just Mm -hmm. makes me wonder if I've become, if I'm becoming, um, too reliant on them because of my home viewing experience you know um that's a good question do you watch do you use subtitles at home and do you find yourself missing them in the theater
0: i don't use them often at home but i do find them i do find missing them in the theater specifically this movie though i was like the subtitles yeah
1: subtitles (laughs) would be really great when we did our ryan johnson like series at the beginning of the pandemic yeah ryan johnson movies really need subtitles like there's so much you don't want to miss and the language is so specific i did watch subtitles for all of those movies um yeah yeah and so yeah anyway that just that's kind of not particular, not super related but something that made me think of it because i i remember that distinctly while watching this movie
0: um all right you want to talk spoilers i definitely I to talk about the ending I'm
1: so <laughs> excited about talking spoilers yes before
0: we get started does anyone want to get out are you paying attention it's your last chance to walk away let me tell you what's gonna happen now crack and guess
1: spoilers
0: remember you wanted this yeah, I would like to talk about the ending for a second because I think that's what, what, what really got me both times I watched this movie. Um, I think just the interesting aspect of making him not a knight and really wanting to go on this quest. So in the original story, he is a knight already, and he's and he goes on this you know thing, um, but to make him not a knight and really that's kind of his goal mm-hmm. is to be a knight, and he wants to be heroic and. Um, he doesn't know what that actually honestly means and getting to the end and realizing that he's afraid of death and that he is not a good person <laughs> and he's not the heroic picture that he's figured the, the, the heroic figure he's pictured himself this entire time and realizing that that kind of um, almost what if scene of him you know running away and he could he could go back he could still be king um, and just He wouldn't be, it wouldn't make him great. Him having survived to this would not, you know, improve his life. He would still be him. He would make the decisions, the cowardly decisions that he would Mm -hmm. make anyway. It would bring pain and suffering
1: upon himself and everyone around him.
0: Yep. And at the end of the day, he would still eventually die. He, you know, he's not, you know, uh, removing himself from that Mm -hmm. entirely. He's just postponing it and putting more pain and hurt in the way and so his decision to kind of remove that belt and say all right this is it that is when he becomes a knight and that is when um and it, i think i i i love that they don't that they kind of end it there of just him saying you know off with your head kind of a thing and it's still like he probably did still chop off his head <laughs> but but that, that that is the that's those are the kinds of things that make someone a knight not all of the you know fun cool things that he wanted to do along the way Um, and I just really liked that aspect of the story.
1: Yeah. I mean, that ending sequence, which in my head afterwards, I referred to as like the La La Land sequence, right? The what if, (laughs) um, was beautiful. I mean, so like that is the film I think at its best, right? Just like great storytelling. It's meaningful. It's heartbreaking. It's, um, you know, concise in all the best ways. Um, I I wouldn't say that this is a particularly concise movie, but that sequence really shows you only the moments you need to see to tell whatever that future, that like lifelong future story would have been. Um, It was so well done and so beautiful. And, um, And it makes that moment where he is still kneeling just like mean everything, right? Um, Yeah. And it's, I'm referring to that as a La 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 Land sequence, but I, it also kind of to me is a little bit um, Twilight esque because have you seen the the big things (laughs) from the Twilight finale? Uh, I
0: have not, I haven't seen the last Twilight. Are you
1: familiar with what I'm talking about? No. (laughs) Oh, well then I might have spoiled the last Twilight movie for you, but there's (laughs) there's a similar, uh, spoilers for Twilight, but there's a similar. like moment in where you see a long sequence that you think is real and then it cuts back to you know a moment where you realize that was all just a vision kind of thing um yeah and we and for that to be the case because i i will say it got me like i didn't realize that what we were watching was about to be a vision um
0: yeah Um, i
1: thought it was gonna end with like his head falling off and it was gonna be this tragedy like the like oh the movie is just a tragedy right um and so then when it comes back to that kneeling and him seeing his future and making that choice it's like oh this like finally we get to what kind of the moral of the story is right what the the thesis of this film is um I loved it. I love that ending so much. Um, I, I do want to mention something that I think is really interesting is that, to me, that ending is very obtuse. Like, we don't know specifically what happens after the Green Knight says, mm-hmm. okay, off with your head. Um, yeah. And when I, I don't know if you do this, but oftentimes when I see a brand new movie, um, I will immediately go read the Wikipedia plot summary to see, like, Did I understand everything? You know what I mean? Like, did I, did I miss something or like, or just to like kind of get a refresher of like the names and the things that just took place. Um, And those are not, you know, the Bible, like that's someone just wrote that. It's not like the filmmaker is saying this is what happened in the film. Right. Um, But in the Wikipedia, do you remember? Okay. Do you remember when we watched um, Those Who Wish Me Dead? And I told you that the Wikipedia plot summary said that those two assassins were twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes you find <laughs> things like that and you're like, I don't know if that's true, but like I'm, I'm interested right. <laughs> in the fact that someone thought that that was the case. Um. Anyway, yeah. in this, the Wikipedia plot summary for this movie, they say that the Green Knight, like after he takes off the belt, the Green Knight decides not to chop off his head and jokingly says, off with your head. So the the Wikipedia summary is saying that he his head does not get chopped off; that he gets to live. Um, but I don't know if the film okay. is actually. I'm looking
0: at it now, that. and it has oh, changed. It has changed from the last what does time. It say now? <laughs> you read it. It says um, after the vision, Gawain stops suddenly. Stops the knight removes the girdle and prepares for death. The knight reveals that the game was a test and praises Gawain on passing it. He caresses Gawain's face, drags his finger across his throat and playfully says now off with your head it doesn't necessarily say that it that he's not well, but i think
1: it implies right that it's like you pass this test and and so the the playfully i think implies right that like I, I'm not gonna actually yeah. chop off your head.
0: I think it could be taken. Either well, I, way.
1: I I think the film thinks, I, I, I think the film makes you believe it could go either way. The Wikipedia yeah. summary I think is, is is implying that he doesn't get his head chopped off. Um, I maybe I shouldn't be reading this much into Wikipedia plot summaries, <laughs> but that was my takeaway from the Wikipedia plot summary. Yeah. My takeaway Got from it. the film is that it's up for like interpretation, right? Whether what what actually happened yeah. to his head.
0: I definitely think it's up for interpretation. Right. I, I, I know for a fact they chopped his head off. <laughs> um, they, they, they shot him, shot him sure. chopping his head off. But
1: in in the original um, tale, he doesn't get his head chopped off, right? Well,
0: in the original tale, the vision is what happens. He runs away <laughs> and lives out the rest of his life.
1: Is there another version of the tale where he doesn't get his head chopped off? I mean, no. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: I mean, he 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 doesn't like he you know right. What happens in the vision is oh, what actually. Okay, yeah. so
1: again, I haven't read the poem. I'm j i am there's a lot of Wikipedia ink for me. Yeah, but I yeah. read I mean a Wikipedia page yeah. that was basically saying that the original tale um has him give up the, the the garter and because of that the knight says, you know, you've passed this test and doesn't he doesn't get his head chopped off. But I guess Maybe I'm wrong here.
0: Yeah, in the in the, in the yeah. original tale, <laughs> the Green Knight is is the Lord, yeah, the right? Lord. Um, and he reveals himself, um, but he doesn't give up the mm-hmm. garter, and he goes home kind of in I shame. See. But then all the knights kind of gather around him and are like, "You're still good anyway," mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's interesting. Uh, yeah.
1: So I will say yeah. that when I mentioned earlier that some of this felt familiar, the story of the Lord, um, and the like. I'll give you the hunt and you give me whatever yes. you you receive. I had heard yeah. that before. Um, the mm-hmm. like the giving of the kisses that all felt very familiar to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what I want to say.
0: Yeah. I, I I think I like I think that worked for me. Um, I'm glad that it wasn't him as the Green mm-hmm. Knight. Like yeah. I think I think it just makes it more interesting when right. it's not him. Yeah. <laughs> Pretending to be the Green yeah. Knight this whole time.
1: So. I, my, my memory might be really failing me but when the lady comes into his chamber to like offer him that green belt right mm-hmm. do they kiss in that scene no i didn't think so which is confusing yeah. to me because isn't it is th- okay i'm so glad that you feel this way because i thought i was just dumb i was yeah. like oh, god because to, isn't the whole point of it is that she in the original story she kisses him and so then he kisses the Lord, right? He gives the Lord a kiss. Yes. Um, because that's something he receives, yeah. so he gives it back to the Lord. And it happens, like...
0: It's over right? a couple days. It's like days. she gives yeah. him one kiss, yeah, so he gives the Lord one times. kiss, and
1: then the other night she gives him two kisses, yeah. he gives the Lord two kisses, so on and so forth. And so in this telling, yeah. it seems like what should have happened was she kisses him, she gives him the belt, then he kiss gives the Lord a kiss, but doesn't give him the belt, right?
0: Correct, um, yeah.
1: But she didn't kiss him and then he and then the Lord kisses him. Yeah. I don't know what I don't yeah. understand if that's like a purposeful, like, you know, we're we're doing this differently in our telling. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't really yeah. make sense of that. To me, like it was like he should be I mean, I'm gonna be crass here. Like, should he have given the Lord a hand job? Because like that seems like what he received right, right. and not necessarily a kiss. <laughs> And I'm not complaining yeah, about yeah. that. Like, uh, honestly, yeah. highlight of the movie for me, <laughs> more movies should have come in them, in my opinion. Um, and, like, loved that that happened. Loved that that scene took place. It just didn't really follow through all the way.
0: It didn't. And no, it, it didn't. could
1: have. Like, you could yeah, have I... had something really, like, cool and gay, but you didn't. So it's, <laughs> like, missed opportunity, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. What did you think of Alicia Vikander's character? characters i guess
1: i actually i love the idea of the double casting i think that super Mm -hmm. cool i think more movies should especially a movie like this that feels like you're in a dream anyway the whole time like Mm -hmm. take advantage of that right and and do cool stuff like this um loved that her big monologue when she got when she was the lady about the color green That was the scene I was referring to where I really could have used some subtitles Um, because I think I caught about half of it and it seemed really good and interesting. And I wish I could have caught all (laughs) of it. Um, The stuff I was catching, I was really into, but Sadly I didn't understand most of it because of just the mostly yeah. the language and her she kind of put on it's not even much an accent but it was more just like a way of drawling out her 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 words that made it hard to understand but I liked her performance
0: I liked it too that is the biggest I think her character is the biggest change from the two versions mm-hmm. that I saw um she in general I think the movie the the changes that were made were made to be more like what he shot. It sounds basically what I watched the second time feels like what he intended to make. And what the cut that I saw the first time feels like something that was like, let's cut this up a little bit to make it a little bit tighter, a little bit faster, um, and not to his original mm. vision. Um so everything there aren't these long, luxurious takes in the the original yeah. one that I saw. Um, it, it just moves a lot quicker, which doesn't feel right, yeah. <laughs> um, for what this movie is supposed so, to be. Also, most of her role interesting. was cut out. So
1: yeah, let's really get, I really want to get into the first cut you saw. Like, how did you feel after seeing yeah. it? Um, and yeah, what, what was in this movie that was not in that one or vice versa?
0: Yeah. So plot wise, everything okay. happens. Um, yeah it's It's mostly about the feelings the characters just don't feel as drawn out, so there's just more scenes in general with everybody <laughs> um I liked it the first time I saw it, obviously, you know, special effects weren't done, all of that stuff i thought it I thought it was good. I didn't feel like it was um epic or. Mm anything like that. But the ending still mm. moved me. I, I still kind of felt that same thing at, yeah. the, at the end. And I was like, I'm curious to see, cause it, it just didn't feel done. Um, so I was like, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens once it's actually, fi- you know, finished. But I thought most of that was visual effects. Um, so for him to go back in and kind of, I, luxuriate is the word mm. I keep using, but that's what it feels like. of just like these long takes where you're really just like living in this world. I felt like enhanced the movie. It did make it very right. long. Um, which I think I still feel like it was too long, (laughs) but I, I I think you needed a lot of, a lot of those shots in there of just those very long takes and stuff like that. Um, just him, you know, riding on a horse for a full minute, (laughs) um, things like that were not in the last cut, specifically about Alicia Vikander. Um, all of her scenes in her first role as the commoner in the town. Um, yes. Um, she has the first scene where she throws water on him at the very beginning of the movie. And then you don't see her again until the dream Mm -hmm. sequence at the end. So her, her, that role is basically completely cut, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and then they completely cut out her long speech as the lady. And
1: interesting.
0: This, so she has basically the scene in the library where she gives him the book and then, um, the handjob scene. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it, which, doesn't really work for her character at all um in in that story and feels very weird um and doesn't make sense for her to play two roles So, so i'm glad they expanded it out and it feels it feels much better to have her in this movie and i do think her performance is really good
1: um that reminded me of another thing i thought was really cool was her taking a photograph of him yeah very very cool
0: that sorry that that, that was yeah. in there too. The photograph was in the, th- yeah. the first one. I, I did love that of the painting. Well, as,
1: <laughs> in the original film was all this – or the original cut, I should say um, – was all this stuff about like his mom and those other like witchy ladies casting that spell when the green knight arrives. Was that included?
0: All of all of that yeah. was there. Um Yeah. So, it, it moved quicker so it wasn't clear in the in the original cut it wasn't clear that they summoned mm-hmm. the green knight um in this one he also has a conversation with her in this one that makes it very clear that like she wants more mm-hmm. for him than what he is currently yeah <laughs> and so she's gonna push him towards yeah.
1: that um i loved all that stuff i loved the okay yeah. so that leads me to to talk about um the differences between the two trailers so the The first trailer that came out, the teaser that came out over a year ago, mm-hmm. that teaser, I remember the sense of foreboding in that teaser. And that it really felt like kind of a horror yes. film. Um, and yeah. one that I was, like, willing to sign up for, but still kind of like, oh, this seems, like, pretty horror-esque. And then the new trailer yeah. get, is takes away that feeling and makes it into more of an epic and a fairy tale and a dream. um. And I wondered if that tone, tonal shift was present in the first cut versus the second cut. It
0: was. It was a lot more foreboding, um, um, especially just the middle section. Um, all of the the Barry Koenig stuff where he's um, kind of captured on the way and by the, I the robbers. I do just want to say
1: standout performance in the film, in my opinion, is oh, f- Barry. How sure. do you say his last name? For- <laughs> so good um he was so good in this like every second of his performance i was relishing um like mvp yeah so so good
0: yeah he is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) um um and then him finding um the winifred i forget her name yeah winifred um and that whole ass like that in the first cut, the way it was scored also just felt very horror movie yeah. of just like, you have no idea what's a, he could die at any moment. You don't know. <laughs> so, um, and it felt it, it, I mean, it still felt like tense in, you know, in the final cut, but, um, less horror-esque. So, which I think yeah. is a good.
1: A yeah. Good um, similarly how I've gone around my house saying father, son, house of Gucci. I've also been saying not mm-hmm. the way Barry, <laughs> it, the Barry Koenig does. He, yeah, he not enough. Yeah. <laughs> Tweren't enough. Yeah. And, oh, that's really stuck <laughs> with me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, watching that trailer, another thing that I realized wasn't in the, the original cut that I saw um, was the time between the two incident, incidents. Mm. Um, so that year that passes, um, it basically cuts immediately to one year later and he goes off on the quest. So you don't have this time of him kind of... Dwelling in it mm. a little bit, and the conversations that he has around yeah. that, um, which I think add add more than I expected to, to it of just kind of like what his mindset is going into this quest and him not really taking a lot of this stuff. Seriously.
1: I feel like this movie tried to have it a little bit of both ways, though, because I know that like my theater, this movie does have like a few moments of like where the- everyone laughs, um. And
0: yeah. yes. my
1: theater really laughed. And I, I it was funny, but it also, I thought, was very beautiful and moving. Like, one of the most, like, more touching moments was the title card that said, A Much Too Quick Year. Uh, yeah, Or A Too Quick Year, maybe. I'm not, A Too Quick Year, as I think is what it said. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, to use that title card to say, like, okay, the whole year went by and he probably didn't spend as much time thinking about it as he should have throughout the year. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it felt like we were, it felt like with that title card, it should be cutting to right before he leaves. But instead it seems like we got mm-hmm. maybe like the beginning of the month. Right. Or.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like maybe
1: <laughs> like November, not December. Right. Um, yeah. And then we get some time with him, you know, dreading the, the trip, but a two quick year, I thought was genius. Um, and also yeah. just made me think about all the years that I would use that for, you know, like which years yeah. were particularly too quick. Um, I loved that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, when you mentioned comedy, I think there was a couple lions in the movie that got big laughs mm-hmm. in the theater that felt out of place. Like they were funny, but they felt out of place in the movie mm. that they were in. And one of them, the one I'm remembering is,
1: Are you talking about –
0: He realizes that she's a –
1: Did you see it in theater this time or are you talking about your first theater experience?
0: No, I. this time. I saw it in theaters this time. Yeah. Um, And when he realizes that Winterfred's a a ghost and he reaches out to touch her and she's like, what are you doing? Why would you touch – why would you ever touch me?
1: (laughs) That one got a laugh. (laughs)
0: Like – yeah, it got a laugh, but it felt very out of place in yeah. the scene itself. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember the other one. I feel like there was a – I can't remember it. I feel like there was another one that was just like the line itself felt very out of place but was very mm. funny.
1: I really loved in that scene um, after the experience he's had with the robbers and then he meets Winifred and he says, if I do this, like, what will you do for me? And when she says, why yeah. would you ever ask that? Why would you ask <laughs> that? Yeah. <laughs> I loved that moment. Yeah. Just like
0: It's a great moment. To line. really
1: like bring you back to me, like, that's a horrible thing to ask of a person who's in need. It is. <laughs> and to like and, yeah. and to remind him, like, hey, be a good person. Like, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I really loved that. Um the scene after he's robbed where he's tied up and we see him to de- decompose into a skeleton and then the time yeah. reverses and he's back again. Um, yeah. Was that in the original cut?
0: It was in yeah. the original cut. Um, that was the only like big long yeah. take, um, which really foreshadows the him kind of thinking forward and seeing what his future could look yeah. like <laughs> Um, in a, in a way that I, I yeah. really enjoyed.
1: I loved the giants. I mean, that scene doesn't yeah. really affect the story in any way, but it's, like, beautiful. I, The, the scenes like that yeah. are the ones where I'm like, this, I'm not going to, like, remember that scene in a, um, there's not a dialogue or, or thing that's going to re- make me remi- remember this scene. But the visual of it all is enough. Like, it's so visually stunning and moving that, like, that's yeah. all I need.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um it's it's such a unique movie, and I think and I think it's something that um, I want to see more people take a mm-hmm. shot at, like movies yeah. like this that are just like really out there and fun in a not. Um, it's not normally, I think, the word that you fun isn't normally the word you'd use for a movie like this. But I think the experience of watching it the whole time was just like it's so fun to see something like this. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah I ultimately I loved it and my experience with it is, very, is feels very unique to most of my movie experiences but i'm really really excited yeah. by its like existence in our like world this year yeah
0: yeah definitely again like we said it's not a movie that i will recommend i think to most people yeah. um but to the the few who i think would actually like really enjoy this They're going to love it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Sandra, where can we find you online? You
1: can find me on all social media platforms, at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. Go find me on Rough Take. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Definitely. Um, You can find me, I would say, mostly at Letterboxd at this point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. At Lucas and Stuff. That's really the only place that I'm participating. I'm reading a lot of Twitter, but I... uh, haven't tweeted anything in a very long sure. time i am I l I'm I'm enjoying my break. <laughs> so. Good. Alright. Talk to you later.
1: Bye. 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 Thank you. you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go
0: away. I'll see you soon, okay?
1: That's it. Go home. Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people.